Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the week. It's doggy pod time. Release the Hi there, I'm Stephen Peters and this is The Doggy Pod. With me, as always, is one of Australia's leading vets, Dr. Rob Zamet. Rob, how are you? I am barking mad and really good. Good good to hear. Um, What are we talking about in this episode, Dr. Rob? We're going to discuss walking dogs. How important is it to you and your dog to go for a walk? And I'll certainly be talking about the type of bones you should and shouldn't be feeding your dogs and why you should give your dogs a bone. I think there is there is a lot of confusion around bones, you know, raw versus cooked and so on, um, which brings us to one of our other topics today, which is can dogs be vegans? Mm, we'll discuss that later on as well. And we're also going to be talking about the best way to brush your dog's teeth. And our celebrity breed this week is a Doberman pincer or just Doberman. That might be one of them in the background right now. Uh, and his celebrity owner is uh, one of the most famous and richest women in the world. And a little later on, Dr. Rob talks dogs and long-distance romance with actor and presenter Luke Jacobs. But firstly, what, uh, what's what been going on in the clinic this week, Rob? I really had a funny event in the clinic this week. It was like somebody from above was watching, Stephen. This lady who I know, very... A beautiful dog she has, beautiful Cocker Spaniels. And she brought in two dogs. One uh, she'd brought in earlier, and I'd gone over it. It was paralyzed. Young dog, paralyzed in the back legs, actually. Totally paralyzed. No ticks. We couldn't find any ticks. We couldn't. Uh, we did MRIs and we did uh, CT scans of the spinal cord. Couldn't really find anything properly. X rays were all clear. Bloods were all clear. And she came in with her next dog, which was this beautiful dog that she has that she shows you should see this dog just full coat you know just never puts anything wrong never puts a foot out of place and so what do you think my young dog has and I said to be honest I've gone over it and I think it's rat lungworm my gosh what is rat lungworm she said no I don't have rats I said well actually they get pick up rat lungworm by eating either a snail or a slug in the garden it's very common in dogs if you're not sure about rat lungworm 
Uh, be careful because it can happen in people too. I've never heard of rat no. lungworm. Always wash your salads and wash your greens before you eat them because that's where people pick it up. And if you Google it and you Google rat lungworms in Hawaii, you'll see how dangerous it is. We have had people die in Australia, in Sydney, a few years ago. In fact, a young child unfortunately died of rat lungworm. So it does occur in humans as well. You don't get it from dogs, you get it from eating little slugs and snails because you didn't wash your salad properly. And dogs get it because they go out in the garden, of course, and swallow one. This lady said to me, oh, no, my dogs would never eat a slug or a snail. Her beautiful show dog with all its coat, right there and then, I couldn't believe my eyes, started gulping and then it was going to vomit. And would you believe it vomited a slug right onto the clinic floor? And she goes, she was horrified. Oh my gosh, I'll have to change my mind. I think my dogs do eat slugs. And she couldn't believe it. Now, I don't know if our listeners can hear lots of dogs barking in the background. We're actually recording this doggy pod. At, uh, at Dr. Rob's clinic. And Rob, how many dogs would you have here at any one time on average? Oh, it varies a lot. In the clinic itself, it can vary from, uh, I guess, four or five through to sometimes we've had as many as 20 dogs. And as you know, my clinic and my house are all one. We're attached with one roof so that I can check all the dogs at night. And we have people that stay here as well just to look after the dogs at night. But I also, a bit of an insomniac when it comes to some of the cases, some of the cases we get involved with. So we've got our own dogs. People say, how many dogs have you got? And I always say, too many. We have a floating number because we take on a lot of rescue dogs and in given time we find homes for it, homes that I approve first, make sure it's the right home that's going to. We desex the rescue dogs and vaccinate them, worm them, make sure they're healthy and they go off to good family homes. Yes, so if you're wondering what all the doggy noise is, that's what it is. Now, our quiz this week, which we'll give you the answer to in a moment, is Dachshunds were originally bred to fight what? Ah, the Dachshund, yes. The Dachshund was originally bred to fight what? A, rats, B, other dogs, C, badgers, or D, ferrets? And we'll give you the answer to that. No Googling. We'll give you the answer to that a little bit later in the show. Now, one of the things we talked about in a previous episode was dogs sleeping and how much they sleep during the day and how much exercise they get. Now, I want to talk about how much how important exercise is to your dog. How often should you walk your dog? Should you be doing other things with your dog as well, other than just walking it? What's, what's, the, what's the perfect balance, Rob? Oh, absolutely. You should be doing other things with your dogs. You've got to know a little bit about the type of dog that you have. You know, for example, if you have a dog that likes herding from uh, the, the breed that's in that dog, Border Collie Crosses, Kelpie Crosses, German Shepherds, they're all herding type dogs. Um, then that sort of dog benefits a lot, not just from exercise, but from galloping. So you'd like to take it somewhere where you can maybe hit a ball for it with a a, a um, tennis racket so you can go fair distance and dog can race after. People get worried about you know, things like ruptured cruciates and doing damage, but the dog's exercise, if you get it fit slowly, that's more important than anything else. The other thing you can do with such dogs, for example, is herding a lot of places uh, provide in each state in just about every western country there are places you can go to to teach your dog to herd 
So for those sort of dogs, it's important. For the gun dogs that do retrieving work, then chasing a ball, that sort of thing, great exercise. And it's great exercise in two ways. Of course, if you're chasing a ball often, you do burn up a lot of energy, but it's also mentally stimulating for the dog. So you need to know if you've got a type of breed that likes swimming, then it's good to take them to a lake somewhere where they can go swimming. Make sure you go in the morning so they've got the day to dry off and enjoy a time, time swimming. If you've got dogs that are built to do what's called utility work, you should take them training. Dogs like the Doberman that we'll be talking about later on, German Shepherds, Rottweilers, they love obedience work. They deserve obedience work. So five, ten minutes of obedience work every day is great mental exercise for your dog. And just walking, of course, what do dogs do early in the morning and late at night in the wild? They go off walking, hunting, if you like. So if they're out with you walking like that, they think, oh, it's the pack going off on a hunt. And like all hunts, they most hunts, rather not all hunts, in the wild, most don't always come back with any food, but your dog will just love the fact that it's been out with you. It's got different smells. It's got different sights. It's got a lot of different stimulation of its mind, and it's going to come home and rest. A dog that's inside, not uh, running, not doing any exercise, it's more apt to be a nuisance barker and bark all the time. So you've got to get mental stimulation and physical stimulation for your dog. That's our cue to move on to... uh Bones, giving the dog a bone. Yep. Now, I've heard people talk about what sort of bones you should give your dog or should you be giving them chicken necks or all sorts of different things. Ah, yes. That, you know, because dogs love to chew, love to have something that takes them a while to to finally get through. What, What is the... What's the perfect bone? Yeah, people often tell me, oh, no, you're wrong. You should be giving raw chicken carcasses. And <clears throat> in the wild, how often would a dog come across a raw bird to eat? Not that often. Mm. Yeah, for me, chicken carcasses and chicken bones are out for dogs, cooked or raw. I don't care. I don't give dogs raw chicken bones uh, because I've been a vet now for over 40 years. I've worked in veterinary hospitals for my over God, 50 years. My God, how old are you, oh, Very, very, very old. You ask my kids. And if ever, and it does happen, I'm pulling a bone out of a dog's abdomen because something's gone wrong, nine times out of ten, it'll be a chicken bone. So for me, chicken bones are out. Also, there's a study done by the uh, University of Melbourne uh, at the Werribee campus on feeding dogs raw chicken, raw poultry, raw chicken necks because it's so fashionable. It can cause paralysis in dogs. There's an chicken neck. Well, raw chicken, raw poultry. Yeah. And so, whether it's bones, whether it's chicken necks, or whatever it is, there's an 80 times more chance that your dog will develop a thing called polyradiculoneuritis, sometimes called coonhound disease, but it's a disease that causes a dog to become paralyzed for a while. Sometimes it doesn't recover. And I had an interesting case a year or so ago. We had a dog came in that was paralysed like this. We nursed it, got it over it. Yes, it was being fed chicken necks. And I said, no more, no more. Twelve months later, this dog got uh, paralysed again. I thought, oh, that's weird. Because she, she said she'd stopped feeding the chicken necks. And she said, 
my husband's been feeding the last few uh, months and he said the last uh, six weeks he's been feeding the chicken necks again. He admitted to it. So what bones should you feed or should you feed any bones? For well, me, and cooked versus raw as well. Well, no more cooked bones ever in dogs. When you cook a bone, you change the matrix of that bone. You make it very difficult for the dog to digest that bone. So it'll either become very constipated or not digested at all and lodge somewhere in the uh, intestinal tract. Dogs have a much shorter intestinal tract than us. They don't have time to digest some of these things. A cooked bone will never get digested properly. And the number of dogs that we see constipated. We also see dogs constipated because they get too, just too many bones. So don't overdo it. Yes, raw meaty bones are natural for dogs, but not all the time. Are there other benefits of chewing a bone, like oh, uh, yeah. for their teeth and gums? Their te- dogs that chew a bone once a week or even once a fortnight, uh, the proper type of bone will not need, very rarely need, any sort of dental work. So for me, I like giving lamb brisket bones. They're fantastic. And I would give that a piece of lamb brisket once a week to my dogs. Or I will use lamb necks. Lamb neck has a lot more meat on it. So we'll give that once a week if if we don't get uh, the brisket bone. But once a week, once a fortnight, depending on the dog. Now, the thing that a lot of people say, oh, no, I gave my dog a raw bone and had diarrhea the next day. Yes, it's cleaned it out. As your dog gets used to it, that stops. You know, it takes a few weeks of bone chewing and bone digesting for the dog's intestinal tract to accommodate that properly. If it has a little bit of diarrhea and cleans it out, I wouldn't get too worried about it. I mean, obviously, if it's ongoing, I'd be worried about something else going on with that dog's uh, and maybe an allergy to what you're feeding it. Be careful. Talk to your vet if that happens. But a raw bone is just ideal for a dog. Don't ever think that it's a bad thing, but don't overdo it and make sure it's a soft bone. It's not so much that they're chewing the bone up and digesting it through their system that I'm worried about. It's more cleaning those teeth, massaging those gums, doing all the things that we do or are supposed to do twice a day uh, in front of the mirror, usually in, in the bathroom. They just do it laying around chewing a bone. They do it very, very well when they chew a nice bone like a brisket bone because their teeth scrape down a, a, across that bone and clean it. Stops tartar buildup, stops all the the uh, bacteria building up in the mouth. The bacteria in the mouth are really bad news. Not just because they give you bad breath, halitosis, but those bacteria drain into your bloodstream and end up in places like your kidneys, your heart, uh, and your lungs and liver. So they cause a lot of disease in your system. Good, good dental hygiene will certainly help good health. Which brings us to the next topic on today's show. Can your dog be a vegan or a vegetarian? Can a dog live without meat altogether? Now, there might be some dog owners who would philosophically maybe like to think that their dog is a vegetarian or a vegan. And people do that. And dogs survive because dogs adapt. Do they survive in a healthy fashion? Not in my opinion. Um, Definitely not. Because dog has a much shorter intestinal tract than a human if you google the intestinal tract of a human compared to the intestinal tract of a dog yes dogs can be omnivores and eat some vegetable matter in the wild in fact they do eat vegetables but if you're just feeding just vegetables especially if they're raw that's very unnatural for a dog's intestinal tract and there'll be some vitamins a dog will miss out on and there will certainly be some amino acids 
that the dog will miss out on. Their immune system will eventually become compromised and other areas of the body, including their bones, will most definitely be compromised if you're not feeding uh, things like calcium, other supplements. And if you have to do all those supplements, are you giving the right ones? Are you giving the right amino acids? I don't think you can beat natural diets. Okay, time for a quick chat now with our celebrity dog owner this week, Mr. Luke Jacobs. Now, Luke's been an actor in McLeod's Daughters, in Home and Away. He's been the host of The X Factor. He's even won Dancing with the Stars. And just last year, starred in I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. But right now, he finds himself in an interesting situation with his fiancée and their much-loved pooch. Tell me, your dogs, how important are they to you? Look, to be honest with you, I think that um, the dogs have, sort of have changed my life. I grew up with a dog um, when I was living in the hills with, you know, with the family. We got, I, I had a Bitsa, which was, you know, we had a bit of a mongrel. We, we didn't really know what he was from. We had a friend that worked at a vet, and, um, and this, uh, the Casey, our dog, was unfortunately with his litter. He was dumped in a bag on a roundabout, and uh, our friend that worked at the vet, they sort of took the, took the dogs in, and, and we ended up uh, convincing our family to take Casey on. So I grew up with a dog, so my life was, you know, it was, uh, it basically revolves around that. You'd wake up in the morning, you'd go downstairs, and the first thing you did was go outside and pat the dog and, and let him in and that sort of stuff. So, um, and I remember when I was, I think it was 21, uh, when Casey died, and I, I felt like my world had fallen apart because you just mm. had that, you've got that connection, it's that unconditional love, it's that, you know, those, the eyes that look at you, you know, if you want to play, they're just so excited for it. And, um, yeah, so over the years, um, I, had, I had Casey growing up, and then I um, I kind of inherited a dog um, in 2000 while I was living on the northern beaches and I had a roommate and she um, she asked if she could get the dog and I said, well, yeah, absolutely, you know, I'd love to. And then uh, she found that she, she wasn't really ready to have a dog at the time. Um, and I said, well, <laughs> you, you, you're not getting rid of him. You know, you're going you're gonna to keep him. So uh, that's when I got Ollie, who was a, um, he's a cross uh, jug, cross, um, he's a Jack Russell, so uh, Jack Russell cross pug. Can we call him right. a pug? But, um, yep. Uh, he's, um, He's still going very, very strong. I moved to the States in 2015, so I asked my mum if she could look after him while I went over there to sort of pursue the acting career, and um, I came back two and a half years later, and I just didn't have the heart to take him away from my mum, so uh, my mum is uh, very, very happily looking after Ollie now, and I go up there and see him all the time, and he still recognises me, and, you know, he's still my little boy, but... um, but yeah, recently, uh, my fiance and I, she lives in the States and I live in, uh, in Sydney, obviously. And, um, COVID-19 has meant that we don't know when we'll be able to see each other again. So we had, um, we had plans to get married in November this year. That's all had to be, um, not cancelled, but postponed. Um, and, you know, it was, it was, it, it was basically a thought from Rachel, my fiance, to sort of say, you know, like, you know, I'm feeling very lonely and I'm feeling, you know, a little bit lost. So he was. Uh, so we ended up getting uh, an Australian Shepherd named Bash, um, and he's he's been he's been a um, he's been an isolation saviour really. Um, because, <laughs> you know, Rachel's there. You know, not knowing when I'll see her again. You know, we talk to each yeah. other, but you know, plans on getting married. So that's sort of been put out the window. But now plans of seeing each other again, we have no idea. So um, mm. you know, we've we've got Dash, and you know, he's he's just been uh, he's he's given both of us hope and um and and purpose and you know rachel now you know knowing that she's going to be alone for a while without me living over there she said that it's really um given her that chance to to love 
um, you know, be in love with a dog that's, you know, right there, you know. So I'll, I'll give, you some, mar- <laughs> yeah, give you some marital advice now. You are now yep. the number two man in Rachel's life. <laughs> <laughs> the dog's number one. I think it happened. I think I realised that about twenty minutes after there was uh, after she got, got dashed. But she said to me, you know, that she's um, you know, she's Rachel's a very very uh, passionate woman. She's very very caring and loving. And she said that this dash has made her feel a love that she's never had before. You know, we don't have any children oh. yet. Yep. Um, yep. But she just said yep. it, it's just made her um, you know, completely. Completely fall in love all over again. So it's it's but he's just been he's been wonderful. And you've got an Australian Shepherd, which is, of course is an American breed. Is it really? Oh, I did not yes. know that. Yeah, Australian Shepherds are often people think, oh, the bred in Australia. Are they? No, it's a breed that started and is bred through in, in America from uh, dogs mm-hmm. that they said went over there to help with herding and especially some of our merino sheep that we send over there. And the, yep. the breed developed. Uh, didn't come to Australia till sometime in the 70s or could have been late 70s or early 80s before they got to Australia. I would just love to have you know Rachel and Dash over here living you know with me. I, I live um, I live in the in, in Bondi, so there's just so many dog parks and walks and stuff like that that you know we're really looking forward to to, to yeah. having. And you know we're already talking about us being a family. You know, like I, I want to sit down and go to the park as a family and. Um, and I think that's, um, I think it's really healthy to, to consider um, and talk about your pets, you know, whether they are cats or dogs or birds or turtles or whatever, you know, like it's part of the family because, you know, you are responsible for them um, and, you know, and, and there's, there's a love there. So um, I'm really looking forward to having, having the family here. Can, can I, I ask you a few questions? I'll just, Absolutely. Because I thought that I've got an expert. And you know, and it's and it's very rare that I get to have an open mic conversation with an expert. What is a way of, of teaching um, a dog, either an Australian Shepherd or any other dog, um, when they do something wrong? What is you know, like you you hear people say, you know, you rub their nose in it, or you you know, and I, I don't really agree with that. But what what are some of the, the the suggestions in when they have done something wrong to let them know? I always use one word of admonishment. I use the word no because I can growl it out like the mother would. Uh, the mother dog would always admonish the pups when they're doing something wrong. So I say, no. When I see them doing something wrong, it's no. Move them away. Make them do something right and praise them. Always finish any training exercise with praise, even if it's right. like caught in the act. If it's, you come in and they've, you know, you're trying to potty train them and they've done on the floor, no. People say, oh, you've got to catch them in the act. I don't believe that. I just start cleaning up. Who made this mess? Then I take them out straight away, put them on the grass, and say, good dog, good dog. So right. there's always that positive ending in any training program. Luke, when you, uh, when Rachel and that dog of yours gets here, I'll happily come over and give you some lessons with it. That sounds wonderful, Rob. Thank you so much for your time. All the best, Luke, and we'll look forward to talking to you again in the future. Now, moving on, our celebrity breed of the week is a dog called Pyro. Now, Pyro is a Doberman, and we'll talk about Dobermans in a second, and Pyro is owned by Kendall Jenner, part of the Kardashian clan, I'm sure a lot of you will know. Um, so Pyro is a Doberman. Now, for years, I've always thought a Doberman was a Doberman pincer. Now, mm. that's not the case. Is that true? Well, they're known more as Dobermans. Uh, it used to be Doberman pincer, and all sorts of controversy as to why they use the word pincer. Some people say it came from the French uh, word um, meaning to grab and to hold because 
that was one of their jobs. Other people said no, it came from the German word for pincer, which is terrier, because of some of the origins of the breed. And the breed is a very recent breed. It was started by a chap called Herr Doberman, Herr Louis Doberman, who was a tax collector back in the 1890s. And as a tax collector, you weren't very welcomed into households. Isn't that unusual? Just like today. <laughs> so, <laughs> tax collectors aren't thought so of So Herr Doberman bred a dog that would um, help intimidating him collect the enough. taxes so yes. people wouldn't bash him up when he went to get the taxes. And so the, the Doberman still has a lot of those traits. He has to be alert. He has to be bold. Never aggressive. You can't collect taxes from somebody that, that gets eaten by your dog. So it's not an aggressive dog. But he's a guard dog. If someone is aggressive towards you, you can certainly expect your Doberman to step in and just take over. They're a muscular dog. They're a very powerful dog. Uh, not, a, not a short dog, by any stretch of the imagination. Not a medium size. They're a 69-centimetre uh, dog, 20, you know, around between 27 and 28 inches tall. So they're quite a tall, upstanding dog with lots of power behind them. Um, fabulous for obedience work to train. You know, they're used by the military. They've been used by the police for many years in different areas. And I've seen them as guide dogs, mm. really good guide dogs. So they're not, you can't be an aggressive dog and be a guide dog. I've never seen a fat Doberman. They, they, they always well, look very fit. unfortunately I have because people really? think that food is love. That's yes. not. So you've seen uh, you've, you've treated some fat Dobermans. Yeah, and we've we've had to, and they, they get another thing too. Sometimes they get a, a disease called hypothyroidism or low slow thyroid. And if you have a low thyroid, your body slows down with the metabolism, so it puts on weight. You also lose hair, and as well symmetrically. So I have treated Dobermans for that from time to time, and they come good. And they get their beautiful body shape. Yeah, but it should be a almost a sleek looking dog for sure. Certainly a muscular dog, powerful dog. They there's all sorts of theories, but Lewis Do, Lewis Doberman, who started the breed, didn't write down all the breeds he used to develop the Doberman. Some people say Great Danes, Rottweilers, certain terriers like the Manchester Terrier, even greyhounds and even German Shepherds have been. Uh, said to be in the breed, in the development of the breed Dobermans. You'll know, of course, or you might know that years ago, in and still happens in America, of course, uh, the Doberman has a docked tail. Uh, and that, the ears as And well. the ears, cropped ears. Cropped ears. And, What's that about? Well, it was done for looks and also so that people wouldn't grab the dog by the tail. If, they, if the dog was in a fight with a person because he wasn't paying his taxes, they couldn't grab the dog by the tail. Um, that's not needed, so tail docking is banned in a lot of countries. So they've stopped Rightfully that. so, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I did treat a dog with cropped ears I, I did, when they're imported. I, I did treat uh, one called Murphy. And his name, however, that was not his stage name. His stage name was Zeus. And you may know of the pair, or if you, back in the 70s and 80s, actually back in the I 80s. I think it was 80s, yes. I 80s. know who you're talking about, Rob. Yes, you're talking Zeus about Magnum P.I., yes. Yes, and uh, Jonathan Higgins, to, to the lads, his two dogs, Zeus and Apollo, the two Dobermans that paraded in Hawaii on that beautiful estate that they had. So for those of you out there who uh, don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about a show that was very popular back in the 80s called Magnum P.I., and there were two Dobermans. Yep. Now, I'm just going to play you a little bit of the opening music of uh, Magnum P.I. back in the 80s. Now, this will send you back, Rob. Have a listen to this. It's super funky. Super funky. 
Thank you back. I can hear, I can see the helicopter running through along the shoreline. There's Magnum running through the water. Oh yeah. Oh whoa! I can feel those waves splashing there. And it was a great show, water. Magnum PI. Tom Selleck uh, yeah. starred as uh, Magnum PI. But yes, there were two Dobermans there, and 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 you had a bit of a brush with Doberman fame too, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. Murphy came out here to Australia and. Uh, Till he died, he stayed out here, did a lot of stud work, beautiful dog. and So Murphy was popular. one of the dogs from Magnum P.I.? Yeah, I think he was Zeus. I don't think he was Apollo, I think he was Zeus. Uh, but yeah, just, and, and I think there were more than just two Zeus and Apollos, more than two dogs did those parts, but he was one of them and uh, just a lovely, lovely dog. Uh, loving family dogs, they're not an aggressive dog, but they certainly will guard you if someone wants to get into your face. That all came from Kendall Jenner's dog called Pyro, which does have cropped ears and a docked tail, by the way. But anyway, I've seen lots of pictures and videos of Dobermans, and they, uh, when they bare their teeth, they can look quite intimidating, which brings us to our next, su- next subject, which is brushing teeth. How often should you brush your dog's teeth, and should you use toothpaste? Do you need to brush their teeth? We were talking earlier about bones being particularly good for dog's gums and dog's teeth. But, you know... Should they have their teeth brushed? Dogs tend not to enjoy that part of the massage process. Some dogs do, of course. If you're going to, if you want to try brushing a dog's teeth, do it slowly, get your dog used to it a little bit at a time. Do not use human toothpaste. Use doggy toothpaste and you can decide on the flavour. Would you believe beef or chicken? (laughs) (laughs) So why wouldn't you use um, Colgate? Or whatever your well, dogs would hate is. the taste of it for a start. They would not tolerate the taste. They wouldn't it. like that minty, fresh no, breath it, taste. It could also be a bit toxic to them, so avoid those. Okay, good. And to know. what sort of toothbrush? A soft finger tooth, toothbrush is the best. So if you make a mistake, you might get bitten, but your dog didn't mean to bite you. Just remember that. Not your dog's fault. It's because you're silly enough to want to brush your dog's teeth because you think that should happen. Truth is. I, and I've had a lot of clients that have done it. Very few of them do it well enough that the dog doesn't still build up tartar and then need to come in, have a general anaesthetic, ultrasonic scaling, and maybe even extraction of bad teeth, gum work for gum disease and antibiotics. You can avoid all that by just giving them a raw bone once a week. There are certain biscuits that are made now also to help your dog's teeth. And again, you've got to make sure they work. Because I've noticed some dogs get these biscuits all the time and still build up a lot of tartar on the teeth, a lot of gum disease, and still need the uh, dental work that we have to do. So just learn, more than learning how to brush your dog's teeth, learn how to look at your dog's teeth and learn what it looks like when tartar's building up. And we've almost run out of time, but before we go, the answer to our question. Dachshunds were, were originally bred... To fight what? A, rats, B, other dogs, C, badgers, or D, ferrets? And the answer, Dr. Rob, is... The badgers. The badgers. They would get into all sorts of areas and uh, attack chicken coops and cause lots of damage. So the ducks and would go out there, badger hunting. A badger hunting, he did go. <laughs> God bless them. Now, in our next episode... We're going to talk about how to stop your dog barking every time someone comes to the front door. We're going to talk about the sleeping patterns of your average canine, including the age-old question, and we've all asked it, should my dog 
be sleeping inside or outside? Should it be sleeping at the end of my bed, on my bed, under my bed or out in the laundry? We'll talk about all of that in our next episode. If you've enjoyed the Doggy Pod, please subscribe. And myself and Dr. Rob will see you next week. Don't forget to give your dog a hug because your dog is the guardian angel that you can come. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.